Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of Voo Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Hey, Voo Church, it's an honor and a privilege to be with you in this moment and time. Me and my wife, Jen, counted an honor and a privilege to call Pastor Rich and Pastor DC our family and our friends. And to be able to watch what God is doing through this incredible movement called Voo Church is so inspiring and uh, so life-changing for us and so many people around the world that have the opportunity uh, to watch what God is doing. And so I consider it a high honor to be able to speak to you and uh, talk to you today for a moment in this collection of talks entitled Small Faith. And so I wanna just share with you as we are on this journey of discovering what God desires for us in this collection of talks, Small Faith, from the subject matter, what can you find? I'll be in Mark chapter six, verse 33. And it says, now many saw them going and recognized them and they ran their own foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fishes. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on green grass. And so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to go through your word, to search out the truths that you have for us and what you desire for us to apply to our lives so that we are transformed from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I can remember growing up a lot like Pastor Rich and an era of charismania and a lot of different weird teachings about faith and a lot of different things taken out of context. And, you know, my parents were pastors. I grew up a PK. And seeing what they did and on the level that they did it and hearing some of their friends talk about faith and hearing some of their friends talk about their stories and some of the crazy, incredible stories that God did in and through their life. I mean, I've heard uh, just about everything that you can imagine from people seeing blind eyes open and people uh, that had deaf ears being popped open, even people being raised from the dead. And so my perspective of faith was that if my faith Faith was not big enough, then God wouldn't do it. And at 12 years old, my father was diagnosed with stage four terminal throat cancer. 
and the doctors gave him three weeks to live, or he had the option of going through an experimental surgery where they removed the tumor from his throat by cutting him from the back of one ear to the back of the other. And my dad opted for that experimental surgery and they told him there was a great possibility that he would die on the table because of how invasive it was. When he began to share this with us, his family, my faith was shaken. My faith was rattled because at the time my faith was built off of the foundation of a false narrative. My faith was built off of the narrative of what I had seen on TV and the things that I had heard taught by some of the people that were on the circuit at that time. And so my perspective of God was, okay, if I don't believe enough, my faith is not going to heal my father. If I don't believe, if I don't have this ginormous, this mountain-sized faith, then, then my father will not make it out of the season that he's in. And I went through the season of my life thinking that my faith was not good enough. My father went through the surgery. They were able to remove the tumor that was the size of a chipmunk from his throat. But when they did so, they removed the quarter of his tongue so he was no longer able to eat, drink, or swallow through his mouth. He was fed through a G-tube for the next five years. And I can remember on my 18th birthday, my father sitting me down because I had turned my back on God thinking that my faith wasn't big enough. Because I had turned my back on God thinking that my life was not good enough, thinking that because I did not believe as big as I thought I should, that my, my father was not healed of the battle, of the struggle, of the difficulty of cancer. And he set me down on my 18th birthday and he began to talk to me about what it was that God had shared with him that I would do. And he began to unfold this narrative in my life of something that was the exact opposite of what I was doing. And that night he went up to his room and 2 a.m. that morning, my mom knocks on the door. She says, I need you to help me to pull your father out of bed. He's not responding. And I, I go downstairs to his room and he's laying in the bed and I pull him out of the bed and he's already gone. He's already died. He's transitioned from this life to the next. And I remember thinking to God, okay, if I had just believed a little bit more then he would have received the miracle that he needed. And I wonder how many of us right now in this season of our life are at the place where we believe that our faith is insufficient for what it is that we're believing for Jesus to do. I wonder how many of us are, are listening and leaning into this moment right now thinking that God cannot use the small faith that I have right now. And I remember sitting in my dorm room that same year after my dad died and asking God, why did this happen? And what is the purpose of this? And what is it that I'm supposed to do? I, I don't have faith the size of a mountain. And he told me, you just need faith the size of a mustard seed. And I said, God, I don't, I don't even think I have faith the size of a mustard seed. And he told me to bring me what you have. 
And that's where we find ourselves in this particular passage of scripture where the disciples are telling Jesus, the, the people are hungry, they're, they're in this desolate place. And I wonder how many people listening to me right now feel like you're in a desolate place. I, I wonder how many people listening to me right now feel like you're in a desperate place. I wonder how many people listening to me right now are saying to God, God, I don't have this ginormous faith that I hear other people talking about. I don't have this big faith that I hear other people teach about. I don't have th- this large faith that I see my my friends and my family demonstrate and Jesus is saying, bring me what you have because with what you have, I still can do a miracle with it. And Jesus tells the disciples as they tell him, God, we're in a desolate place. We're in this dry place. We're in this uninhabitable place. Jesus doesn't see it as a desolate place. He doesn't see it as a place that's a no man's land. He sees it as a blank canvas for the miracle that he has in mind. And I love the fact that the author of this particular chapter in Mark chapter 6 begins to paint this picture for us that has two different narratives. He calls this place a desolate place from the perspective of the disciples. And Jesus calls this place a place of green grass and green pastures. And oftentimes what we see, God sees something different. Oftentimes what we envision, Jesus is envisioning something different. Oftentimes what we call a desolate place, Jesus calls an opportunity for the miracle that you actually need. And he's asking us right now in this moment, what can you find? Can you find the faith that's buried deep down on the inside of you, that's been covered by life's circumstances and life's tests and life's trials and life's tribulations. What what can you find that you can bring to me? He's telling you right now, I don't care how small it is. I I don't care how big it is. I, I don't care how long it's been buried. Whatever you can find and whatever you can bring to me, watch what I do with it. I'm a firm believer And a little in the hands of Jesus can turn into a lot in the life of the recipient. And the disciples tell Jesus, these people are hungry. These people in a desolate place. And Jesus begins to do something that only Jesus can do. He he grabbed their attention through his teaching. And he began to teach them about the gospel of the kingdom of God. Because Jesus understood, if I give them something without teaching them what they have received, they won't retain it. I've come to learn in my life that I'm not blessed by what I get, I'm blessed by what I retain. We oftentimes get so many things in our life that we consider a blessing and we lose them. But the reality is you're not blessed by what you receive, you're blessed by what you retain. Jesus understood if I do the miracle that they actually need and I don't teach them what they're seeing, they won't retain the revelation and the knowledge and the wisdom from this moment in time. And Jesus wants you to know right now, well, whatever you can find, he wants to utilize it for his glory and he wants to teach you how what you have is significant enough, how what you have is more than enough for him to do what it is that you need him to do in this season of your life. What is it that you can find? All of us have something that we can find that Jesus desires to use. And he asked the disciples, what can you find? He begins to teach them. 
And the second thing that I love that this particular passage begins to point out to us, he begins to ask them what their intentions are. He, he begins to drill down into what is the real situation. And the reality is the disciples have been teaching and they have been preaching and they have been traveling and they were actually tired and they were actually hungry. And so they were projecting what they felt onto the masses of people. And Jesus asked them, you go feed them. You go do what it is that you're asking of me to do. And they said, well, Jesus, what is it that we're supposed to do? Are we supposed to go buy 200 denarii worth of bread and worth of fish? And he says to them, because of your intentions, I want you to see what it is that you lack and what it is that I'm able to do. And after he shows them their intentions, he then transitions them to their potential. He tells them to go and find whatever it is that you can bring me. And I want you to know, listening to me right now, there's something that you have that Jesus desires to use. I'm telling you, he is tapping into the potential of your life, no matter how small, no matter how buried, no matter how deep, no matter how drowned you may think it is. He's telling you, bring me whatever you can find because I want to use it. The disciples find this young boy in certain passages of scripture, they call him a young lad and theologians and historians believe that a young lad's age was anywhere between the ages of eight and 13. So they utilize this young boy, this small boy in this small moment in time in history and he has five loaves and he has two fishes, but he's in a desolate place. And I want you to know, listening to me right now, no matter what the place is that you may be in, if you can get to God what it is that you're carrying, if you can get to God what it is that you're possessing, if you can get to God what it is that you're holding, watch what he does with it no matter what season you're in even if you're in a desolate place God sees that desolate place as an opportunity for his glory and he utilizes a kid to be a part of the miracle I'm a firm believer looking at this this is what Jesus was talking about when he said we need childlike faith there was nothing in this boy that doubted Jesus' ability to take those five loaves and those two fish and feed people with it. And then it dawned on me that adults are just big kids who have been taught limitations. What is it that Jesus is trying to do in your life in this moment with the small faith that you may have to let you know that with me, all things are possible? The disciples bring him the five loaves and the two fish, and Jesus takes it. He shows them the potential. And I love how the word of God begins to detail what it was that Jesus did next with the five loaves and with the two fishes. And I believe that there's something in this particular portion of the scripture that we can identify with and directly relate to our life. It says that he took the bread, he chose the bread. And I want you to know right now, just as Jesus did with that bread, he chose you for such a time as this. Just as Jesus did with those breads and those two fishes, he chose you for this specific day and, and time. He chose you for what it is that you're going through. He chose you for what it is that you're overcoming. He chose you for what it is that you're running up against. He chose you for this so that you would give him glory out of this. Not only did he choose you, but he takes us through a season of breaking. Scripture says that he took the bread, 
he, he chose it and then he broke it. And I believe that some of the pain, some of the discomfort, some of the, the, the unknown that you may be going through right now is because Jesus is breaking some things off of you that were put on you by people. Jesus is breaking some things off of you that you place on yourself. Jesus is breaking some things off of you that he never intended for you to live with in the first place. And I'm telling you, no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how painful it is, no matter how inconvenient it is, if you allow Jesus to, he will get some glory out of this season of breaking some things off of you that he never intended for you to live with in the first place. So not only did Jesus choose you, but Jesus molds you. He breaks you. He changes you into what it is that he's called you to be. And he just doesn't stop there. The third thing that it says he did with the bread and with the fish is he blessed it. And I'm telling you right now, just as someone sees us, God is blessing you. Just as you go throughout your day and as you think you're in the toughest time of your life, God wants you to know that he's called you to be in this season of blessing, to be a blessing. I love the fourth thing that he does with the bread and the fish. It says he gave. So God chose through his son, Jesus. He broke, he blessed, then he gave. See, he hasn't gifted you with the things that you're gifted with, the skill sets that you have, the talents that you have, the graces that you have, just to remain in your life. He's allowed you to walk in those things. He's allowed those things to mature in you for the people around you. See, if what you have only changes you, then in fact, it's not big enough. But if you have something on the inside of you that you believe can change the world, this is the season for you to allow him to pull it out of you so that he can get glory out of you. What can you find? What is it that you have in your life that Jesus desires to use? For the disciples, they didn't have anything. So they found five loaves and two fishes from this young boy and they took them and they placed them in the hands of Jesus. And there's something so significant about small faith that I think that we can pull from these passages of scripture. And the first one is this. God will never advance your instructions beyond your last act of disobedience. God will never advance our instructions beyond our last act of disobedience. If they had listened to the voices of their selves, if they had listened to the voices that were ringing inside of their heads, if they had listened to the voice that told them that it was not possible, they would have never seen the miracle that Jesus desired for them to see. And what you have to understand and what you have to know in this season of your life is that the voices that you listen to will determine the destiny that you experience. If you continue to listen to your voice above the voice of Jesus, you'll be limited in what you see. If you continue to listen to your voice over the voice of Jesus that tells you your faith isn't good enough, that tells you your faith is too small, that tells you your faith is not adequate enough, I'm telling you, you will limit your ability to see what it is that Jesus desires for you to see. But these disciples, they move beyond their voice. They, they move beyond their intentions and they stepped into initiative. See, God honors initiative, not intentions. It's amazing how we judge our lives by what we intended to do, but we judge others based off of what they did. These disciples understood, I have to move beyond what I intend to do and I have to step into initiative. See, God desires to bless your initiative. When they initiated this action, God moved. When they step beyond their comfort, when they step beyond their unknown, that's when Jesus began to perform the miracle that these masses of people needed to see. And so God will not advance you beyond your last act of disobedience. If you want God to move in your life, if, 
If you want your, your, your future and your destiny to be expedited towards you, I'm telling you, it will only move towards you at the speed of your obedience. I love what this passage of scripture says. It says that when they moved, Jesus supplied. That when they went and they went to go see what it was and they found what it was that they could use, that's when Jesus supplied. This is an indicator to me that success only occurs when my belief supersedes my excuses. Success only occurs when my belief supersedes what it is I don't want to do. Success only occurs in our life when what we believe is true and what we believe is capable and what we believe that Jesus is actually able of doing supersedes what it is that we've been utilizing as an excuse. They could have stayed there and they could have continued to repeat what it was that they had said before. And Jesus, this is a desolate place. There's no food around here. There's nothing convenient within our reach that we can go to and grab what it is that these people have need of. And Jesus told them, go and find whatever it is that we can use. And I believe the disciples were searching through the crowd and, and trying to find all of these different things and try to find sandwiches and trying to find all these different things that look big. And they find this little boy who has five loaves and two fish. And it brings me to our second point. Your limitation isn't what you don't have. Your limitation is what you have that you're not using. So you're not limited by the things you don't have. You're limited by what you have that you're not using. The five loaves and the two fish were already in their midst. They were already in position. They were already in place. But the disciples, they were overlooking it because it did not look like what they expected it to. And sometimes we miss an opportunity for Jesus to provide the miracle that we need because it looks differently than we expected it to. We have to step back and we have to take inventory and say, okay, God, show me what it is that you want me to see. Take me to the place where you want me to discover. Take me to the place where you want me to refine, where you want to define what it is that you desire for me to walk in and operate in in my life. And so I'm a firm believer that your future is not designed by you but your future is discovered by you. And these disciples had to discover what Jesus had already designed. And if they had overlooked it based upon what they wanted to see, then Jesus would have never uh, superseded their expectations. And I came to tell you right now, leaning into this moment, listening to me, if Jesus meets your expectations, he can't supersede them. And in this moment, we see him supersede the expectations of the disciples. We see him supersede the expectations of the people because they actually gave him something small that he could do something big with. The third thing that I want to point out to you is this. If you put your small faith in position, God can do something big with it. If you put your small faith in the right position, God can do something big with it. See, small faith in the hands of Jesus turns into a big breakthrough in the life of the recipient. I love the way that this gospel paints this narrative of what this little boy had. And when we read this, sometimes we taken in the context of what we consider to be a loaf of bread. 
And so we think that this young boy from the ages of anywhere between eight and 13 was walking around with five loaves of bread and two big fish. And the reality is in this particular passage of scripture, when it details he had barley loaves, the Greek defines barley loaves as a fragile and inferior bread like a cracker. And when it details the two fish, in the Greek it's referenced as absarian, which means a small sardine or minnow. And so this young boy had five crackers and two sardines to put on them. And oftentimes when we look at this passage of scripture, we think that this little boy is walking around with this big duffel bag of five loaves of big bread and two big fish. And Jesus takes those two big fish and he divides them for the people. And the reality is this little boy had a snack for himself of five crackers and two minnows that he would break up and put over the crackers to enjoy for himself. And Jesus took what was so small and he blessed it and he multiplied it and he made it so big in the hands and in the lives of those that received it. And I'm telling you right now, well, whatever small faith you have, if you put it in the hands of Jesus, he will bless it and he will multiply it and he will scatter it and spread it like only he can do because you put it in his hands. I'm telling you, whatever it is that you have, whatever it is that you can find, I, I don't care how long you have to search for it. I don't care how long you have to scour for it. I don't care how long you have to dig for it. If you can find the small faith that's on the inside of you that may be buried by the circumstances of life and you place them in the hands of Jesus, I'm telling you, he will bless it and he'll multiply it and he'll do more with that small faith than you ever thought was possible. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, it says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. See, the power that you need to work is already in you, but you gotta dig deep to search out the power that he's already placed on the inside of you. And whatever faith that you have, no matter if you consider it big or small, if you place it in the hands of Jesus, he says, I can perform the miracle that you actually need. But you gotta find the small faith that may be buried deep and take it back to Jesus. I don't know what desolate place you may be in right now. I, I don't know what barren place you may be in right now. I, I don't know what field of life you may be in right now, but I'm a firm believer what we may consider a desolate place, God sees as an opportunity for him to get glory out of it. What we see as a desolate place, Jesus is looking at as a blank canvas to perform the miracle that you actually need, but he's asking you, bring to me whatever you can find. Bring to me whatever you got. I know you may be hurting right now. I know you may be confused right now. I know you may be in an uncertain and unknown place, but if you can bring to me what you can find, with what you find, I'll perform the miracle that you actually need. I don't care how big the faith is, with whatever you got, I can perform the miracle that you need. I, I can remember growing up as a little boy, my grandfather, he was a big guy. He was 6'5", about 375 pounds, brolic, just, just country strong, and he had the biggest hands. And I remember being a little boy and putting my hands in his hands and telling him one day, I'm going to be bigger than you. 
One day, my hands are gonna be bigger than you. And he would say, listen, no matter what you do, I don't think your hands are gonna be bigger than mine, grandson. And I would try to find things around the house that were bigger than his hands. I would try to find a tennis ball. And when I put the tennis ball in his hands, his hands engulfed the tennis ball. And I would try to find a softball. And when I found the softball and put it in his hands, his hands engulfed the softball. And I bought him a basketball. And I said, surely this basketball is gonna be too big for him. And he would take that basketball and he would make it look like a Nerf ball. And no matter what I put in his hands, because of the size of his hands, they were small in comparison to who it was that he is. And I'm telling you right now, no matter if you got big faith, no matter if you got small faith in the hands of Jesus, they're all small. In the hands of Jesus, they're all really insignificant. In the hands of Jesus, they pale in comparison to the hand that's holding it. And I'm telling you, no matter how insignificant you may feel, no matter how small you may think your faith is, no matter how small you may think life is, if you place it in the hands of Jesus, he says, with the small faith, I can perform a great miracle. Bring to me what you can find. And I just want to encourage you right now, Vu Church, if you can bring to Jesus whatever it is that you can find, he can perform the miracle that only he can perform. And so I just want to encourage you again with this truth. If you can put your small faith in the right position, God can do something big. God can do something big from a small place. God can do something great from a small place. God can do something mighty from a small place. And so no matter how you feel, no matter what you got going on in your life, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what the season is, no matter what the trial or the tribulation is, no matter what relationships are strained, no matter what your job is saying, if you can place them in the hands of Jesus, he can perform the miracle you need. I love how this passage of scripture says that the disciples they took these five crackers and these two sardines and they put them in the hands of Jesus and Jesus prayed over them and Jesus blessed them and then Jesus gave it back to them to give to the people. And never details to us where the crackers and where the two sardines were multiplied. And I'm a firm believer that as these Disciples began to take these crumbs and these people, these pieces to the people. And they were reaching into their baskets and they were running out. With the small faith that they had, Jesus continued to provide. And the miracle was being done right before their eyes, step by step, person by person, obedience after obedience. And sometimes it's not the big things that Jesus is asking for us to do. It's the small things of obedience that he's asking us to do so that we could see the miracle happen the way he desires for us to see it. I believe in this passage of scripture that each time the disciples were running low on crackers and sardines and they reached into their basket, believing that Jesus was able, that Jesus provided. I'm a firm believer that the same Jesus that performed the miracle that these 
thousands of people need it then, it's the same Jesus that can provide what it is that you have need of right now. The Bible highlights and gives us detail that it was 5,000 men. But historians and theologians believe that these men were also with their families. And so there were wives and there were children there. Theologians and historians believe that it was anywhere between 20,000 and 40,000 people that were in this field listening to Jesus, watching Jesus perform miracles and watching Jesus provide the miracle that they needed in feeding over 20 to 40,000 people. And I'm telling you right now, no matter how insurmountable it may seem, no matter how difficult of a season you may be going through, no matter what this moment in time may be presenting to you, Jesus is able to provide what it is that you have need of if you can place it in his hands. Bring to him what you can find and watch what he does with it, no matter how small it is. I'm telling you, with the small faith, he can do big things. I'm grateful we had this opportunity to search through the word of God and to see how God can utilize the small faith that we have to present something to us that's bigger than what we could ever dream of or imagine. I love you and I look forward to being with you in person very, very soon. Be blessed. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.